We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in Thursday night here with you, hand-raised guys, Chase Parm, Neil McCready. Coming to you from the Clark Ford studio for our uh, call-in show that we hope is a call-in show <laughs> later in the evening. We've got Ryan Brown coming up in, I don't know, five, eight minutes, something like that. We'll talk to him for a little while. So, obviously, a lot of college football with uh, Ryan. And then our backdrops here in the uh, in the studio today, we've got uh, a Titans game, a preseason game on. So, we've got Titans-Ravens. Got Giants, Patriots, and we've got the Field of Dreams game. We do, which is a great idea. Doesn't change the fact that it's a bad movie. Yeah, that's fair. That 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 that, that, that is well fact. There's the field is cool. It I is, got no issue with the field. It's it is cool. not the field that is the problem in Field of Dreams. Now, what's interesting is like Joey Votto. Apparently, the movie Field of Dreams is what motivated him to. Pursue his baseball career. Look, I, I, we said this last time. We do this over a couple of great sports movies that everybody loves. Apparently, I'm just an asshole because two of the movies that I think are completely saccharine, overrated, are Field of Dreams and Hoosiers. I find them both almost kind of boring. You've got to be in a place to like let the sentimentality just run amok. And I give me the program. Like, give me something. Like, I'm, I'm, let's let's. Yeah, let's do some steroids and butt some heads. I don't know. Like, um, I'm better with Hoosiers than I am Field of Dreams because Hoosiers was based at least loosely on reality. Sure, Field of Dreams is. You're looking at the field. What are you talking about it? You're right here. <laughs> field of Dreams is kind of hard to go there. I will say though, the one thing about Field of Dreams, I'll give them this: fathers and sons. The and... father and son thing gets me every time. Like even today, they brought out Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. So a bad movie, and it's saved by a ninety-second clip at the end. Yes, that's what you're actually. That's saying. all that salvages it from being just absolutely horrible. Oh God, um, grind. <sighs> I... Never is the answer to that question. When did y'all realize y'all had voices for? No, no, no. His other question. I think I like Remember the Titans more than Field of Dreams. Oh, and now look, here's the problem. Remember the Titans is when we say loosely based on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 
thrown into the ocean in the same like galaxy as the movie. It, it's <laughs> yeah. a real story. Yeah, when people like, like everybody like there was already there was already integration. Like yeah. Bertier did not how it did not happen that way. There's a lot of stuff there. Like you can you can read about the actual T C Williams High School and go, Oh yeah, that's not what that's not what happened. Yeah. I, now I prefer I think I don't know. I like a lot of Kevin Costner stuff. But Denzel's really good. And in that movie, he's really good. He's Denzel is really good. He's really good in that movie. He uh, and the other coach's kid are the two best people yeah, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, the, the girl. The girl. Yeah. I can't think of her name. I can't either. It's it's Remember the Titans. Yeah, for sure, of those two. It's a better movie. Because I don't it, – it's watchable. I can – it get is. Through, remember the Titans. It is. It's watchable, and you can yeah, you can get through it easier than you can get through Field of Dreams, because the whole scene in Boston that just drags out forever. You're like, oh, for the love of God, either get in the car, or don't. Oh, well, that's true. It does go too long, doesn't it? It's too long. Either get in or not. We might should like set it up one night. Tell everybody to start, and we'll watch Field of Dreams and just tear it apart for like an hour and a half on a show. We could do that. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, I, I don't think I have a radio voice, Grind. I, I think I just hopefully am knowledgeable yeah. and or entertaining enough to sit here. Yeah. Not. Taylor Zarzer called me and asked me if I'd do a show with him. And I said, sure. <laughs> I needed the money. Um, so I did it. I don't know that I ever felt like I really had a voice for radio. And when you do a show with Taylor, you realize I really don't have the no, voice. No, you run into certain people who have voices for radio and you go, oh, yeah, that that's what that's supposed to sound like. There's no doubt about that. Um, let's see. So this will be the Friday Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase, what's going on at the Oxford Exxon? Uh, we're gonna try to give money away. We've been doing that for a while now. I mean, if it's there, you might as well take it. You can do that by downloading the Exxon mobile app. It's ten bucks right there at the pump. Take a picture of the QR code, thousand bonus points, and you're on your way coming to town this weekend we've been telling you about the rib specials the ribs for dinner they can get them wet or dry wrap them up have them ready to go for you a lot of stuff in the hot case stop on in the lunch specials are 569 two sides bread and a 32 ounce drink and you can tell them about clark ford yep clark ford we're in the clark ford studio 662-257-1900 clark ford's in amory mississippi call that number ask for Corey clark tell Corey what ford product you're looking for he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours right to the bottom line no hassle no haggle you get your quote the rest completely up to you you can shop that quote around you can do what i've done what i recommend that you do and that's hop into a clark ford today 662-257-1900 ryan brown will join in a little bit on the rafters music and food hotline rafters music and food on the square in oxford great place to enjoy a burger a po' boy an appetizer um great beer selection as well full bar and more rafters music and food on the square in oxford and also rafters in new albany and then rafters on the water out at sardis um yeah so a few things to get to um john calipari put out a tweet today that said kentucky is a basketball school that it's nice and cute that they're basically Hold on a minute, really? Oh, yeah. Have you not seen oh, this? Oh, I hadn't seen it. Oh, that. you need to look this up. Okay. I've been and uh, Mark Stoops fought back, and he said, you know what? We we compete in the SEC. Oh, I'm interested. Yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. So, uh, last what right. side are you on? Look, <laughs> right now today, Yeah. and I love basketball as much as the next. I got Kentucky basketball up right now. I'm watching Kentucky in the big blue Bahamas, for God's sake. 
I've got it on. Is it really Big Blue Bahamas, the name of the event? Uh, That's what Kentucky people are calling it. Well, it's on the screen. Uh, I don't don't know. Well, I mean, I'm saying I I think so. I think think it's it's SEC Network, though. They'll call it whatever the hell Kentucky wants them to call it. Yes, (laughs) exactly. But, I mean, what's making the money right now? Who's making the money? Football or basketball? Who's who's getting the hundred million dollar check? It's not basketball. Okay, where is this? Did you delete it? It's on Twitter. It got might have gotten deleted. Did today. somebody else say it? No, no. Calipari put out a tweet and Stoops responded. Okay. Maybe they both deleted. I don't know. All right, I'm gonna get Ryan. Okay. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. I'll keep okay. I don't think I dreamt it. But if I did, that's a hell of a thing to... That would have been a little weird. Yeah, it'd be weird. I mean, I'll just go to Kyle Tucker's Twitter account. He will tell me if it's true. Yeah, no, I didn't dream it. Okay. Yes, his journalist quoted Calipari, but Stoops Twitter responded. Oh, okay. Trying to get Ryan on. Um, we'll get him. Yeah, we'll get him in a second. No big deal. I get though when you say, "Hey, we're a basketball school," right as football's getting ready to get rolling. I get the football coach pushing back a little. All right, so a couple different things. First. His entire quote is much longer. Did you see the whole quote? I did not. Okay. We'll do this real quick. So here, let me let me start this way. If anybody hadn't heard it, let's let's let, let's go this way. All right. Kyle Tucker is actually who it was, so here we go. He's running a practice facility in basketball. That's what this yes. whole thing is starting from is yes. a practice facility. And he says, Cal, in a quote, this is a basketball school. Alabama's a football school, so is Georgia. No disrespect to our football team. I hope they win 10 games and go to bowls, but this is a basketball school. <clears throat> Stoops, quote tweeting, basketball school, question mark. I thought we competed in the SEC, question mark. And then hashtag four straight postseason wins. Um, then here is the, and I'll be quick about this. Here's the full quote. Everybody should be behind this. Our administration, look, our baseball facility might be the nicest in the country. I don't know, Cal. And I'm happy about that. Our football facility, we spent $200 million. Soccer, unbelievable. Now the track, I love it. And now I would say the administration should be like, we're doing this. How about the state? If this is the University for Kentucky, and if it's the basketball program for the state, which it is, how about the state says, we're in, we're going to invest. I'll tell you right now, Anthony Davis gave $350,000 on a text to me for flood relief. Do you know what our former players would do? They just got to see it. What is it? So the next challenge, so that's the next challenge we all have. And the reason is this is a basketball school. It's always been that. Alabama's a football school, so is Georgia. I mean, they are. No disrespect to our football team. I hope they win 10 games and go to bowls. At the end of the day, that makes my job easier, and it makes the job for all of us easier. But this is a basketball school, and so we need to keep moving in that direction and keep doing what we're doing. I have zero problem with what he said. None. Yeah, I don't either. But I, I, I also have no problem with Mark Stoops pushing back a little. No, I mean, I get it. I, I understand. It's because Kyle was clickbaiting a little with the. 
A little. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Hey, boys. What's happening? We were, we were discussing John Calipari and Mark Stoops and who was right, who was wrong, or if they both were right. Fascinating question. What do you think? Um. Well, they were both right, obviously. Mark Stoops shared facts. But I think Cal's right, too. They're a basketball school. Yeah, I read the full quote, Ryan, of what Cal said, and I really disagreed with none of it. I agreed with all of it. Yeah, but I mean, but Stoops is sharing facts. He's oh, sure. He's right about what he said. Yeah. Sure. And it it, it, it kind of helps him, too, to sort of push back in that way. I mean, he is fighting for space at that school. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, he is, for sure. He's, he's look. They can't hear Ryan, apparently. Oh, can they not hear Ryan? That's what I can hear me. You can. I can hear you, too, but apparently our stream cannot. Okay. Not only can I hear me, I can, I'm can. i like getting myself fed back to me. It's kind of this weird loop thing. Oh, well, See if you can good. figure that out, because he's, he's registering in the in this system. Yeah, it's 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 on your muting on something on that. It is not anything right, to do me, with our soundboard. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Um... What are you watching tonight, Ryan? And we'll make you say this again if we actually hear you on the stream in a minute. Um, I am actually currently well. I tell you what, Ryan. Real qu- hey, Ryan. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna hang up and call you from Skype. Okay, All you right. got it. Bye. So I'm gonna see if I can figure this out. I don't know. I have no idea. Been using, yeah, I've using FaceTime audio all day, so it beats me. Oh, um, and it was fine. Yeah. Okay. But that's okay. We'll, uh, we'll yeah, go. he was showing up clear as a bell on our on our thing over here. I got no problems. Yeah. So we'll try this. Siski screwed it up. I'm pretty sure it's not that. <laughs> but you never know. Might have poured some rain in it. I'm going to cut all this out so we don't have to talk to y'all. We'll get him in a minute. All right, let's see if that works. We'll see if the people can hear. They were letting us know uh, that they, they could not hear you on the Rafters and Feud and Food Hotline. It could be Rafters and Feud Hotline if this continues like this. How are you? Uh, I am fantastic. I was saying earlier, so that's why I think Ole Miss goes twelve and zero. I don't want to repeat it again, but if they, uh, you know, they can buy my subscription service. Uh, and I'll tell them exactly what goes coming up, but I'm not willing to repeat it one more time on the show. All right, so we when we got you a minute ago. Everybody, Chase and I could hear you, but nobody else could. Uh, you had no problem with Calipari or Stoops in this little Kentucky mini feud, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean, I think they're both right. Obviously, I mean, I don't. Um, I haven't read like Chase was talking about reading the whole quote from Cal. I just saw what was on Twitter uh, from I think it was uh, Kyle Tucker, wasn't it? It the was. Athletic. Yep. And yeah, and and so I saw that, and he's right. I mean, they're a basketball school. I don't think he, even the most ardent Kentucky football fan would argue with you. Stoops probably wouldn't argue with you. He just doesn't want you saying it out loud. But Stoops is right too. I mean, he just shared facts. The facts are he's got their football program better than it's probably, I don't know. I mean, Rich Brooks had some moments. Um, How Mummy, you know, was a fun style to watch, but he wasn't having the win-loss success that Stoops had. 
it's probably got their football program better than it's been since maybe Bear, Bear Bryant was there. I, I talked um, to someone. So, to, I talked to someone today who talked to people at Kentucky who said, "Look, if kind of along the lines of what you said when you and I were talking the last time you were on our uh, kind enough to be on our network, if Will Levis does what they think Will Levis can do, they think they're going to be really, really good." Like really good. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think my point to you was, if Kentucky's defense is what we have uh, come to expect from Mark Stoops, if it's a Mark Stoops defense, and if Chris Rodriguez runs the ball the way Chris Rodriguez has run the ball, Will Levis, and this is the third if, if Will Levis plays to top ten NFL pick status, how in the world is this not an East contender? Right? I mean, how do they not? How are they not as good as or better than Tennessee, better than Florida, better than all the other East teams challenging Georgia? If all those things are true, it just seems to me that they could challenge Georgia. Now, I'm not saying they're going to beat them and be in Atlanta, but it certainly seems like they could challenge them if they have the type of defense we expect under Stoops. If Rodriguez is the type of running back he's been, and if Will Levis plays to top 10 NFL pick, um, uh, to a top 10 NFL pick level, I just don't see how they don't play that way. I don't know if it's me kind of having a soft spot for Kentucky or if it's, and this is more likely, me wanting to have this massive showdown in Oxford on October the 1st. But if Kentucky beats Florida and we've got two undefeated teams here on October the 1st when Kentucky comes to Oxford, it's like this giant litmus test for both teams. And the winner, whoever it is, comes out of it as – Hey, they're a contender, which I think is a really cool storyline, and I could probably market it and get good numbers. And maybe that's what I'm maybe that's what I'm thinking. I, but I catch myself really cheering for Kentucky early. I, 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 I want Kentucky undefeated when they come to Oxford. I, I kind of do too, Neil. I mean, it's, I mean, not necessarily just when they come to Oxford. It's just it's just kind of a fun story. I mean, Kentucky's not threatening. Um, to anyone, especially in the West, and most of the people listening to us are fans of a West school, West Division school. They're just not threatening, and it's just kind of a fun story. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that Stoops is likable or unlikable. He's just Mark Stoops, and Kentucky um, football is not unlikable. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of a fun story. I'm with you. I enjoyed. Look, I mean, they weren't particularly close games, but the fact that they played Georgia twice now. One time if they went to Atlanta, and the other time if they won, they, it was going to take a miracle for them not to go. Well, it's just kind of fun. It was just kind of fun seeing them challenge, uh, seeing them challenge Georgia that way. Is is there a West equivalent of that? Uh, it would be State or Ole Miss, probably. Yeah. Um, it, I guess that depends on how you feel about Mike Leach or Lane Kiffin. Which one of those you like better? I think that's what it would be is, do you like Mike Leach better or Lane Kiffin better? I think Lane's more um, of a threat. And I like that. I think Ole Miss would be viewed as more of a threat than Mississippi State. Like, if Mississippi State made a run, I think more people would be inclined to go, this is cute. That's just me. I could be wrong. I mean, we cover it, but I mean, yeah, I'm top of my head, and I get they're not what they were 20 years ago, but, but I mean, Ole Miss, three, it's at least three access bowls in seven years. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're be- no. Don't get me wrong. Ole Miss has, has reached more heights than Kentucky has. I, I, I agree with you. If that's what you're saying, Chase, I, I do agree with that. Well, I, uh, I guess I'm more meant national landscape. I would assume the we always used to Buke Iowa. I would assume that 
if you ask him who's not inundated with the SEC, they would be more likely to compare his Millstead State to Kentucky than Ole Miss, just kind of based off brand exposure for the football programs. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I would, I would, I would have no problem at all with that. And I do think Lane Kiffin is high-profile enough that he makes Ole Miss feel more high-profile than Kentucky. That's, That's the yeah. weird thing about Stoops, like, I just Stoops just doesn't strike me. I mean, well, first of all, the way he's being paid now to coach at Kentucky, I don't know what jobs he would take. But like, I mean, if Stoops won ten or eleven games for five straight years at Kentucky, he still doesn't. That's an amazing job. He's clearly a very good football coach if he does that. Like he it. just does not strike me as a guy that that Alabama would hire when Nick Saban retires. He just doesn't feel like a guy that Florida would hire if Billy Napier didn't work out. It just. I don't know. It just feels like he's a good match at Kentucky, and that's almost like his ceiling. I'd like to quickly interrupt both of you and tell you that uh, a former host on the MPW Digital Network is playing linebacker for the Tennessee Titans right now and doing, oh. doing quite well. Yeah. Where are you getting that Titans game? I'm getting uh, Patriots-Giants, which is a good game. Tim. Yeah, we're getting, the, uh, we're getting on uh, the NFL Network. Getting Titans on the local uh, – I guess this is the Memphis affiliate. We're, we, we're technically in the Nashville Network here in – Oxford. We're in, we're in a lot of different markets. We're in the Cincinnati Reds market, which is fascinating. Um, <laughs> Titans, Braves, Cardinals. We're sort of everywhere in yeah. North, in North Mississippi. Um, oh yeah, we used to get the Titans and the Falcons preseason games here in Birmingham, but we don't get either anymore. So um, I'm limited to what the NFL Network gives me, unless I pay for the um, NFL Plus or whatever where you can watch your – because I'm a Dolphins fan, so it's out-of-market preseason games I get there. And I'm not going to do it Saturday because Tua's not going to play. However, uh, Chase asked what I was watching when you guys called. I was actually watching highlights from the Dolphins-Buccaneers scrimmage today because Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell apparently – tore it up today so i'm very excited i wondered what was happening because someone in nfl circles was was saying that uh jalen waddle essentially was a a a better wide receiver than jamar chase and i was like whoa that's a that's a strong comment there uh, about jalen waddle statement yeah that's 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 a hot take right i hope they're right um real quick want to get your thoughts the field of dreams game is going on uh Chase here loves the movie Field of Dreams. He worships. He he can cite every line. What are your What are your thoughts on Field of Dreams, the movie? Not the game. I have the game on, by the way. And it, you know what I like most about the game? These are two crappy teams right now: Cincinnati and Chicago. No offense to you personally, Neil. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. Your team traded Juan Soto, yeah. so shut up. Uh, oh, my team is the worst team in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are. <laughs> um, Field of Dreams. The best, the best part about that game are just the views. I mean, Fox does a really good job of showing that game. It's it just gorgeous. The sunset. It's almost like the Marquee um, Network, which does the Cubs games. They do all these great camera angles and stuff. I mean, the broadcasts are awesome, and the team sucks. And it's like maybe, just maybe, you're putting your money in the wrong thing, guys. But who am I to say? <laughs> um. Field of Dreams, the movie, I like. Here's my only problem with Field of Dreams, the movie, is the most famous, I what I assume is the most famous line in the movie, is when Kevin Costner, spoiler alert, his dad's one of the players, when Kevin Costner asks his dad, hey, dad, you want to have a catch? And, um, I just thought that was a weird wording of that. I had never, like, I grew up in Alabama. 
I never called it like I, you know, I never asked my dad, do you want to have a catch? I just always, that line always bothered me in that movie because I've never heard it worded that way. You know, you're right. And that's the only part of the movie that salvages it, in my opinion. And yet you would say, hey, you want to go throw? That's right. Yeah. Or do you want to play catch? catch, But but, you'd never say, let's go have a catch. Never heard it worded that way. And that always bothered me in the movie when Kevin Costner would say, hey, dad, you want to have a catch? But you're right. That is the most, you know, that's the moment that pulls at the heartstrings. That and then when the little girl's choking on the hot dog and the doctor gives up his baseball career to come save her life. I mean, (laughs) you know, what a selfless act. It really was. I mean, but at least he got to have. He got to have a an appearance, though it would I guess it would never technically be an at bat because it was a sacrifice fly. Yeah, that way they didn't point. they it didn't still, screw up their records. Isn't that right? If you only have one appearance at the plate and it ends up being a sacrifice fly, did you actually have an at bat? But you had a plate appearance. Ooh. You had a plate appearance, you but you didn't get. Yeah, an you did at-bat. not have an at bat. No. Yeah. Technically, you did not have. So you would bat. technically have never batted in the major leagues, but you'd have an RBI. Yeah. When you would have batted, you Not would not have bat. an average. But when it said at bats, you'd have zero. That's sure. right. <laughs> okay. So, 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 so it, but he did save a life. <laughs> he did save a life. Yeah, because I mean, she was nobody else was going to be able to perform the Heimlich right there. Yeah, as I told them, Ryan, before you started, I just when I watch that movie, I have so much sugar in my teeth from it that I just can't quite get over it. Like I'm, I, I told him I was like, I'm basically an asshole because Hoosiers and Field of Dreams, both of them. I just go, what are we doing here? Like I, it's just, it's just like, too syrupy for couldn't, me. Couldn't Moonlight Graham have said, "Hey, listen, one of you try this move first, where he could have salvaged his career and saved the girl, like do the Heimlich real quick? Like, just he's still in the field yelling at them of what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I love Hoosiers, though. So you think Hoosiers is cheesy, Chase? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I get that it's more based on, like, I, I, I'm, I, it, look, it's far better than Field of Dreams. I'm not putting them in the same category. It just, it's sort of here in the, on the fringe of, of, the, of what I'm talking about. That's all. You know, you know what I like about Hoosiers? What I think is funny about that one, too, just random. First of all, I always like Gene Hackman. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know that, that I would call that one a Hackman's great role I think he's very good at it, but I always like Gene Hackman as an actor. I've liked a lot of movies he's had. Um, but what I think is funny about that movie is they were like, okay, we got to have one really good player. We're not going to like teach an actor to play. We're just going to go get a really good player and not give him any lines. I mean, Jimmy Chitwood gets like three lines the whole movie, but the dude could absolutely ball. And I just think that's hilarious that they had to choose, do we want to get an actor and train him to play basketball or go get a really good player and just say, Hey, by the way, we're going to pay you to be in this movie, but don't think you're going to get any lines. Or you're not going to say anything. It probably saved some time, and it means when they were doing filming, he was actually hitting those shots, right? I would assume oh, that yeah, like they yeah, got him. Yeah. Like we're going to, yeah. you know, it's, the CGI was limited back then. We're just we're just going to hit the baskets. Yeah, I mean, he basically says, "Days I play." In the huddle at the end, says, "I'll make it." I mean, those are his two lines. Yeah. He basically gave the guy two lines the whole movie. Hey, is this Saban Fisher spat thing? Is it really big enough for a book? Uh, that's the one Paul's writing, right? Yeah, I was confused by that. John Talty was in studio with us um, just the other day because John has written a book about Saban uh, and his leadership principles, leadership skills, 
And apparently John and Paul are also working on a book together. This is more about the relationship with Nick Saban and his um, Nick Saban and his former assistants like Kirby Smart, I guess Lane, um, Jimbo Fisher, guys like that. I'm with you. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't know that I'm terribly interested in that. If see the thing I like about this book that John's got coming out right now is he's gotten people to talk on the record. Like I haven't read it obviously, but John told us that everything that comes out of this book that is saucy. It's somebody talking on the record. And I just wonder if we're going to get that in a book that's about Nick Saban and his, you know, coaching three guys, basically. Well, I did a show. I do a show with Tyler Siski, McCready and Siski, um, <coughs> powered by rain, total body fuel. Um, Tyler, who was on the Alabama staff the, um, the year of the kick six game, he, he strongly disputes the whole Saban cried thing. Says it did not happen. Yeah. Says it absolutely did not happen. That in a in a room full of people that were in shock and a handful that were in tears, that Nick Saban was probably the most composed person in the room. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's very very interesting because that certainly made headlines. Now the part about him wanting to go to ESPN is Nick Khan talking, and you guys know who Nick Khan is. For those that don't, uh, he now is like he's CEO of the WWE, if I'm not mistaken. He's got some maybe president of the WWE, whatever. But at the time, he was a sports agent. And anybody that wanted to work at ESPN hired Nick Khan. Um, it's like Feinbaum hired him. Uh, anybody, anybody that was in the business wanted to work at ESPN. He was like the gateway to ESPN. So he's apparently the guy that is on the record with all of this. Saban talked about going to ESPN after the kick six. I don't know who is quoted as saying Saban cried. Uh, it was surprising to me. I would... You know, if you asked me, do you believe it? I would have said, no, I don't believe it. But I obviously was not there. Tyler was. How's history different if Nick Saban leaves for television after the 2013 season? Um, you know what? I think Kirby Smart would probably be the head coach at Alabama. Oh, so, true. I mean, if you if you think Kirby he just won the national championship, if you think Kirby could keep it going to the level Saban had it, I, I don't know that history is that different, honestly. Um, but I think Kirby would have been in 2013, the natural, um, progression. You know, the interesting thing is that kick six game is what forced Nick Saban to evaluate his offensive philosophy. I mean, you think about when Saban made that change, that is an Alabama team that was one spectacular play away from perhaps being in the national championship game for the third consecutive year. And Nick Saban, to his credit, by the way, stepped back in that situation and said, I don't think we've got the offense we need to be the best team in America consistently. So he goes out and hires Lane Kiffin, who um, changed Alabama's offensive philosophy maybe forever, or at least for the foreseeable future. And to Lane's great credit, uh, he was able to come in and Nick Saban was able to let, even though they didn't always see eye to eye, let him coach offense, and Kiffin changed Alabama's offense. And, you know, you assume, would Kirby Smart have done that? I don't know. Kirby has not shown in his time at Georgia that he um, that he is very much open to a wide-open offense, so he's never been forced to do it either. He's been able to kind of run his old-school offense and, and take care of the East, and now won a national championship doing it. Hmm. Tell you what, Lane acts so much like, Saban in his mannerisms, like in press conferences and stuff, it it sometimes it's just 
It's wild. I mean, the national media wants they, – they just cannot let go of the Lane Kiffin and wild man narrative. It, it just – it's not real anymore if it, if it ever was. And I guess at one point it was, but it's not anymore. If anything – do you agree with this, Chase? I mean, his his press conferences sound so much like a Saban press conference. He's well, I mean, from the standpoint of he's careful and honest. Like he doesn't do some of the stuff Saban does, where he sort of tries to get points across, kind of bombastically, and some of that stuff. But they do have the ability to, in their own individual ways, talk to players through the media to set certain things and to come in with messages that they then will, no matter what you ask, they're going to get to whatever's on their mind or the message at that time. Lane has, frankly, he's loosened up a little bit this year. He looks more comfortable. We were talking about this prior to the to preseason camp, Ryan, that Lane actually didn't seem to hate us. He actually spoke in complete sentences <laughs> at a level that we could hear him. Um, last year and in, in, in year before, that was a little debatable whether he did that. But Lane appears to be in a little different place. He, uh, he, he sort of found a rhythm of, it seems here in year three a little yeah, bit. I think now he doesn't hate all of us. <laughs> he still shows his hatred occasionally with a few here and there. And, and hate might be too strong. There's a disdain yeah. for some that's that's pretty obvious. I, I actually I actually think he I, – I won't go as far as to say that he likes some of us, but I think he has developed a tolerance for some of us. You know, Nick Saban has kind of changed in those terms. Now, he's been at Alabama a lot longer than, than Lane has been at Ole Miss, obviously. But and, and I'll say this. Saban has always liked our show. I do not know why. Um, Jim Dunaway, one of my co-hosts, used to do Saban's coach's show, and he's always been very fond of Jim. Um, but he's always liked our show. In fact, uh, I think he's – and I guess this is a humble brag. I don't know. I guess he, he's done our show, been a guest on our show more than any show – in America, um, he's just always liked us. And oh, I know, I know why he likes it. I know why he likes your show. I do. You, you might not want to say this. Maybe you're about to say this. You guys get him on, and you don't grill him on personnel and minutia. You get him. I think you let him do something that probably deep down he wants to do, which is be human. And yeah, and I think you guys expedite that by treating him like as much of one of the guys as you possibly can as you know with dealing with the greatest coach in the history of of the sport that you cover 300 days a year um yeah i think that's what it is and he deep down he knows that he probably wouldn't come out and say it in those words but you guys let him do something that deep down he probably wants to do we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, and frankly, I'm more interested in that. I mean, I'm more interested in fun stuff he did this summer than his ball from Bryce Young. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Um, and that's not to say we don't ever talk football with him, but you're right, Neil. We do a lot of, you know, what did you do this summer, you know, movies. Um, I don't know, just just stuff. But my point was going to be, you know, he's mellowed a little bit too. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if people told Saban that, uh, boy, you come across as a you-know-what. I don't know. Now, that's not to say, listen, there will be some times where he's going to blow up this year. There's no doubt about it. But I, I, I just – Anymore with guys like Kiffin and Saban, I think they realize everything on camera, everything on camera is recruiting. And they may not particularly care for the media, but if they want to portray themselves as a certain way that helps recruiting, that is a platform they can do that with. So um, I, I, I I don't think that there's any doubt that's part of it. I don't know why the Titans would take out a former MPW Digital host on I mean, I guess it's because he's won the starting job or something. That's got to be it, right? <laughs> We're talking about Chance. I just saw. Um, I, I just saw Malik Willis run one in. He looked pretty good. He did look good. He's played. Uh, he's played pretty well. The the I think the Titans had a really good draft. Actually, I, I like Willis. I think I think he's got a chance to be a, a a really good quarterback down the road. You know, he yeah, he's always tied to this state because um, Gus Malzahn chose. Bo Nix, basically, over Malik Willis. And um, so Malik Willis has always been one of those guys that people that Auburn fans pay attention to are like, boy, did Gus make the right decision there? Um, so it's, it's interesting when you bring Malik Willis up in this state, kind of how he's viewed. So Bo Nix is gone. He's at Oregon. Um, Auburn's this wild card team going into the season. What are you, what are you hearing about the quarterback deal there? There seems to be some Robbie Ashford buzz. You know who was taking the first team snaps right out of the shoe was T.J. Finley. Um, I mean, if Calzada does not win this job, I'll be stunned. Well, stunned is an overstatement. Let me let me rewind that. If T.J. Finley wins this job, I'll be surprised. If Calzada doesn't win it, I'll be surprised. If Ashford wins it, I'll be mildly surprised. Um, okay. I just think it's Zach Calzada's job, and everybody I talk to there that I trust says the same thing that, you know, the TJ Finley might've been getting first team snaps. Ashford might be getting looks, but this is all 
them not just handing the job to a to a transfer, making a transfer at least come in and have the image that you earn this job. But I think it'll be Calzada's job. I just, man, I have seen T.J. Finley. If Auburn is starting T.J. Finley this year, um, I mean, there I just don't see any way in that situation that 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 Harson can take his job. I mean, T.J. Finley's just not an SEC quarterback. See, this is my thing about the West: is everyone, pretty much everyone across the board, um, is willing to concede that Alabama is the best team in the league and, and and likely the best team in the country. And then you've got A and M with all of their talent, some question marks here and there, but tons of talent. You've got uh, LSU kind of having some momentum in terms of people talking about them. I think people expect Ole Miss is going to be good. I think people expect Arkansas is going to be good. I think you know where I'm going here. Mississippi State's got a third-year quarterback, and Mike Leach teams typically are pretty good in year three, et cetera. I mean, if Auburn's good, then there's there, there's going to be some losses in the West that nobody's anticipating. And if Auburn's not particularly good and all those other teams are, this thing could go off the rails pretty quick on the Plains, right? Yeah, and, you know, the the other thing, too, that a lot of people just don't mention anymore because they focus on Bo Nix leaving and that Calzada transferring in and other things. You know, for better or worse, Auburn lost two really experienced SEC coaches at the coordinator spot. Now, you know, Mike Bobo, it, it just didn't work out. But Bobo's an experienced SEC coach. You at least have to say that. And you replace him with Eric Keesaw, who you didn't choose to hire to begin with, but you go hire a guy who then eventually decides he doesn't want the job. So you go back to Eric Keesaw and hire him. That's the guy that was with Harson at Boise State. And then you lose Derek Mason, who say what you want about Mason's time at Vanderbilt, but Mason was a very well-respected defensive coordinator, both at Stanford and then last year at Auburn. Outside of basically the Mississippi second half of Mississippi State game, Mason was a pretty good defensive coordinator last year, and you lose him to Oklahoma State. He and Harson did not see eye-to-eye, so Harson hires his Boise State guy. So you got two Boise State coordinators in the SEC. That is a roll of the dice in and of itself, and on one hand, you say, okay, it's the guy's Harson's comfortable with. He knows he's coaching for his job, so he's going to do what people he's comfortable with. With, But on the other hand, you're like, yeah, but this is the SEC, and those are two Boise State guys. Like, I remember, and Neil, you lived this, when Dennis Franchoni first came to Alabama, a lot of people saying, oh, really, you know, Mike Price, too. Franchoni and Price both were like, so really, you're just going to bring those guys, all the same guys you had? At, at TCU or at Washington State and try to coach against these SEC guys? Really, you're going to do that? Uh, and it's kind of what Auburn is doing in year two right now, at least at the coordinator spot. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have any idea. There's just this part of me that thinks that every time we write Auburn completely off, they surprise. That's, that's true. That's my thing, and I, I, I can't kind of – I'm, I'm that way with LSU, too, when people go, oh, they're going to lose a bunch of games. I'm like, listen, the reason that we were so down on LSU last year was disorganization. They'll be more organized. They have talent. They're, they're, they're going to be a handful. And I, I just can't get past that. And I think Ole Miss is going to be good. And I think Arkansas is going to be good, which makes me think the big loser in all this might be Texas A&M, who's there's expectation on Jimbo to win 10 or 11 games. And if, if I'm right about LSU and about Auburn and about Ole Miss and about Arkansas and even Mississippi State to some degree, they're not getting there. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating, man. 
if uh, if if they don't win ten or eleven games, and I know that's a high bar, but my gosh, I mean, how long has Jimbo Fisher been there, and how much are you paying him? I mean, that, that that's got to be the expectation at some point. I know he did the the nine and one season in the COVID year, but I mean, the expectation has got to be at some point Jimbo Fisher challenges for the West. And the one year he managed to beat Alabama, he somehow finds four other losses. Otherwise, he has not been close to beating Alabama when it mattered. So that if, if you're right, if it's A&M that's the big loser here, that is going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's kind of like, it's the law of numbers. It's kind of like what you were saying about Will Levis, and I agree. If Will Levis is really good, then it's going to be difficult for Kentucky not to be really good. And if those other teams that we just talked about are pretty good, too really good, and I think like, like if you told me Ole Miss was really good, I'd buy it. I mean, after what I've seen in camp, I mean, I'm not ready to go there yet, but I, I could see a path. If you told me LSU ends up being really good, I'd buy it. If you told me that Arkansas ends up being a pretty good team, I'd buy it. If you told me that Mississippi State was pretty solid with a third-year quarterback and all that, I'd, I'd buy that too. And if all of those things come true, they're going to lose games. No, I mean, you're right. Either you've got a bunch of 7-5 and five and 8-4s and or you got some good teams and some bad teams, one of the two. Um and, I, and I'm with you. I, I don't think all those teams are going to be 7-5, Those State, I kind of like State, but, boy, you go look at that schedule, and it is absolutely brutal. It is. Um, the, I know, look, if you're playing. The, I, I was just going to say, they're the team that's kind of interesting because, you know, you know how this is. You look at the season before the year. Chase and I talk about this all the time, and you do WWLLW, whatever. You don't put the emotional part in. And for State, if they get off to a bad start, things could get kind of squirrely there because they've lost to Ole Miss two years in a row. They kind of underachieved. They've lost some games. It would get, it would get a little. What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of agitated there, in, in much yeah. the same way that if Auburn gets off to a bad start, you know the storyline that's going to come out, and that becomes a distraction. Yeah, I mean, no, you're absolutely right. If Auburn gets off to a bad start, it's even worse for them because their first five games are at home. Um, so obviously you know what's coming after those first five games. A, the most difficult part of the schedule, and B, most of it's on the road. So if they if they get off to a bad start, it's, it's doubly bad because it's going to be hard to recover when your last half of the season is playing at Georgia, at Alabama, hosting Texas A&M. Uh, playing is the Ole Miss game uh, at Ole Miss. Yeah, it's in Oxford. Yeah, yep. At Ole Miss, uh, at State, um, hosting Arkansas. I mean, that's the last half of their schedule, man. It is. It's brutal. It's brutal. The the conference games they get out of the way in those first five games at home are LSU and Missouri. So you you know how difficult the last half of that schedule is for Auburn, and a lot of it's on the road. So if they're if they're off to a bad start, you can almost start writing writing the uh, writing the eulogy for the Harson staff. Mention State for a second there, and I'm not even counting where Ole Miss or LSU is on the schedule, but straight in a line, State has A and M, Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia. Yep, in a row. Yeah, we we I know I made a case that that four game um, that four game stretch A and M, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Alabama. I think is what you said. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Um, yeah, and that A&M game is obviously uh, a game that State won last year. I made an argument that that that's one of the you, – you could argue, and I haven't looked at everybody's, maybe the toughest four-game stretch in America. 
And I know it's kind of sneaky tough because you don't think about Kentucky, but there again, I mean, that's a team that could easily be a 10-win team this year. Alabama is what Alabama is. If A&M's any good, I mean, that's a tough stretch for State. They do have a very difficult schedule. Yeah. I actually think they'll be a, a pretty good team but could have the same exact record they had last year. Yeah, because when you mentioned that four-game slate, but that also means Georgia's waiting two weeks later, too. Yeah. After Auburn. I mean, yeah. they could lose to Auburn. Yeah. That's not oh, – I mean, chill. That, that's not, oh, that wouldn't yeah. be shocking. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It was a weird game last year. I think they were up 24-3 to at the half, and the state just dominated them in the second half. So, you know, obviously they were good enough to be up 24-3 to on state last year. Yeah, Auburn had – that was that was a late third quarter, fourth quarter that, whoa. That was – that was whoa. For I, I mean, that was that – was, I, I, I still think, can't uh, believe I saw it. Yeah, I, I think uh, Will Rogers, Neil, I think had like – three straight completions in that second half. It was something insane like that. I mean, the ball did not touch the ground. And Derek Mesa kept rushing three. Uh, he tried the he tried what everybody had tried against State, you know, the drop eight, and it just did not work, and he never would come out of it. And Will Rogers got no pressure, so he just stood back there and absolutely picked them apart. We're going to talk about some better SEC teams in a second, or actual SEC teams. But Neil and I mentioned this last week, and they're talking about in the stream a second ago, just how freaking bad is Hawaii? Because Vanderbilt is over a touchdown favorite in Week Zero. Yeah, and they're playing that in that uh, on on campus stadium because the Aloha Bowl got yeah. Condemned. So there's only yeah, there's only going to be like um, I think 9,500 people. It's what that'll hold. And oh, I've that's that's it out against Vandy. That's advantage, Vandy. They are used to that number. <laughs> I know. I did mention that on the show. That that game could be in Nashville and have 9,500 people. Um, and that is Timmy Chang's first game as the Hawaii coach, which tells you a lot that Timmy Chang is already the head coach of Hawaii. Um, I would say they are closer to dropping football than they are to being relevant. It just that feels like a program that as everything shuffles out and all these conferences realign, that Hawaii ends up being the team that nobody is willing to go to the trouble of paying to travel to play against them. Um, but that said, I'll be watching every minute of that mini Hawaii game, <laughs> 9 o'clock at CBS Sports <laughs> Network on week zero. Every minute. <laughs> Can't they replace the Aloha Bowl? I mean, who's paying well, for building, it? Yeah, no, they're, they're building it back. They're building a new one, but the other one got condemned. I mean, it literally was falling apart. They could not safely go into the place anymore, so they had to move to their own campus joint. I mean, we've like sent, 9,500 people. We've sent a lot of money to the Ukraine. We can't send a little money to Hawaii to build a stadium? Yeah, I know. It's closer. <laughs> um, no, it's a, it's a great point, Neil. I, um, I don't I don't know what to even say to that. <laughs> yep. Um, I'll pretend like I'm I'll pretend like I'm the president spokesperson. I'm not here to talk about Ukraine. <laughs> I can't, Hawaii. I can't talk about that up here. <laughs> Yes, that's right. I mean, you, if you would like to, uh, you know, if you would like to email a request, we'll 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 speak with Hawaii and we'll get back to you. But I'm I'm here to talk about uh, the jobs report. This might say it all about <laughs> Vanderbilt. Blake in our stream says that Hawaii's average recruiting class the last four years is 123, and ESPN is giving them a 78 percent chance of winning per the FBI against Vanderbilt. Wow, 78 uh, percent, man. Wow, disrespecting yeah, my boy Mandy's, Clark. Mandy's favorite touchdown in that game? Is that what you said, Jay? Uh, that's correct. Six and a half to seven and a half, depending on your favorite sports book. Although Neil says Vandy's going to get somebody this year. He's been he's been adamant about uh, that. 
How did they lost 23 straight conference games? Am I right about that? Yeah, they're Not due. Them, my, boy Clark, my boy Clark is due. Well, he's due. Um, that guy has got to kick himself every day that he sees Marcus Freeman as the Notre Dame head coach. Oh, can you imagine? Because he might have been in line to get that gig. I mean, uh, if you just do two and two, he was. <sighs> uh, he was very well respected, Clark Lee was. And, I mean, he, he there's no way he could have thought Brian Kelly was bailing on Notre Dame just a year after he left. I mean, that is just, well, you talk about crap timing for Clark Lee. That was some crap timing right there. I. I don't even know who they could beat anyway, but they play eight conference games in a row. They're the same as Ole Miss. They've got the four non-cons the first four weeks of the season, and they have eight straight SEC games. What are their games? Give me, give them to me. All of them are the SEC ones. SEC ones. They open at Alabama. Okay, that's not going to happen. Ole Miss and Nashville. You don't think? You don't, you don't think they can beat Alabama now? I don't. They're, they're not beating Ole Miss. Won't beat Ole Miss. At Georgia. No, oh, my God. <laughs> Well, see, by then they're like dead already. Yeah. Like, here's the problem. Like, okay, their first. I mean, if we're, oh, in, we're in La La Land. Their their first quote winnable game is at Missouri. But really, Missouri. No, that's the one. If they're going to win one, it's yeah. gonna be Missouri. I mean, I'm not buying. I'm I don't not, think that guy's. A big I'm guy. not ruling out at Missouri, it's Carolina, yeah. and Vanderbilt, in Nashville. Whatever. I mean, probably not. not. But I'm not ready to do this South Carolina thing the way that but other. But they're better are. than freaking Vanderbilt. I I get it. Well, they are. But. But okay, go ahead. Who's after that? Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee. Where are the games? Lexington, Nashville, Nashville. Well, there'll be more Tennessee fans than. Yeah. I mean, Florida. Bandy fans. And Missouri's your win. It's maybe Missouri. Florida. Maybe first year Billy Napier. You never know. Yeah, maybe Florida. But I think Missouri would be your best shot. So I want to go back to that. You don't. Not. It's not just program. You don't think Drinkwitz is a very good coach. I don't know. I mean, he was he was twelve and two in one year at, at at Appalachian State, and I think you bought in. Scott Satterfield was the guy that built all that. He takes over when Satterfield goes to Louisville, and he's he's twelve and two. And I think you just bought into that one year. The guy has never shown he can build and sustain a program. Satterfield actually had. I think Satterfield had been the head coach there four or five years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'd like to take um, this moment. Hold on, Ryan, one second. I'd like to take this moment to remind people that you should, just based on what we're talking about right this moment, you should like and subscribe right now because this show pushed hard for Lane Kiffin. And had we not, had we not, there is a parallel universe where Ole Miss hires Eliah Drinkwitz. I'm just saying that's a real thing. You should hit the like button. You should subscribe. You probably should hit our Venmo at this point. I mean, you... We would need Venmo at this point. Well, we would we would be digging. We'd be we'd be doing shrubbery out somewhere trying to make some money. Did you know that Ryan that Drinkwitz was number two for this gig? No, because I thought it was uh, Dave Doran. I thought Dave Doran was the guy. Uh, right wrong search. That was when Matt Luke kept the job from his interim to full time status. Ross Bjork wanted Dave Doran. It wasn't. I think Doran's actually a pretty good coach. I he think is. he's kind of boring. He doesn't like excite you, but I think he's a pretty good coach. In fairness to Ross, they were going to hire Doran because they felt they felt that at that time, going into all the problems that they had, that they needed somebody who could come in, be a grinder, build the program. Boring wouldn't be the worst thing. He fit the profile of what they were looking for at the time. So yes, yeah. that's and then yeah. he was overruled and mad and whatever all that stuff. But yeah, Doran yeah. was that. This was. Kiffin trying to get the job, Drinkwitz 
Mike Norvell, and then sort of fringy Billy Napier, but Billy would probably wouldn't have taken it. Yeah, Billy wasn't going to take it. Why? Yeah, man, Norvell's a surprise. I thought that guy could coach. Um, I yeah, I mean, obviously Kevin's a better coach than Eli Drinkwitz. I just I I thought Drinkwitz Drinkwitz felt like for Missouri a higher, and I hate this when programs do this. The Stan Heath hire. For this guy, everything else about this guy tells you, yeah, probably not a great guy to hire for a good job. Oh, wait a minute. He's gotten hot at the absolute most opportune time in the NCAA tournament. Okay, let's hire him because it seems to be Elite Eight. And you like you ignore everything else that says, yeah, but you know what? He's been really average in the rest of his time at Kent State. Um, and I just I, I know that, that Eli Drinkwitz only coached that one year, but he just felt like a guy that got hot in the NCAA tournament. He got a good job in Appalachian State. Satterfield had built it and put it in a good place, and Missouri just buys into it and hires the guy. I think he'll get. I think he could potentially get fired at the end of this year. I don't think he's a very good coach. I really don't. I do and, too. That's... You know all the all his mouth running that he did on the Jim Rome show about Tennessee. I mean that's fine. I don't mind coaches doing that. In fact, it, it's good for us. Good for shows like ours. But where did this guy get off running his mouth about Tennessee? I mean, it just. I don't know. I, I just. I don't like the guy to be honest with you. Their athletic department in general right now is just kind of a blah mess. Because they, they, like, really they came into the conference thinking they were a basketball school and they've sucked. That is it. They've been better in football. I mean, yeah. Gary Pinkle took them to Atlanta twice. Yeah. And in fact, uh, in one of those games, if they win, they're going to the uh, BCS championship game. It was the year Auburn won and win. If Missouri won, they were going. So, um, I mean, Gary Pinkle did a better job. Or uh, has had them better in football in the conference than they ever have been in basketball. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of life since Trey Mason ran all over them that night. Yeah, boy, haven't we? Um, if there's one thing I wish that Greg Sankey could go back and undo, it's putting them in the conference. I really do. Um, as you look back on it now, A and M, A and M hasn't done a lot. They've been more fun to have in the conference than Missouri. Now you got Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, could you imagine if you could go back and do it over again? There are so many more schools you could have brought in with Texas A&M that would be make us so much better of a conference right now. We haven't talked to you since SEC Media Days. I know you probably talked to Sankey and all that stuff. Did you get a sense as to are we going to settle down at 16 for a little while, or do you think there's more chaos coming? I mean, I think eventually there's more chaos. Um, I just think nobody thinks that this is all over with. So you're obviously going to position yourself to get who you want. Um, I think both the Big Ten and the SEC know that they can raid the ACC and pretty much get who they want out of it. I think, you know, I keep hearing that um, this next round of teams that the SEC brings in, when and if they do, is not going to be based on TV markets. That, that they feel like they've kind of topped out on what they can do TV market-wise that it's going to be more of a cultural fit. And I hear I hear schools like NC State and Virginia Tech mentioned that, you know, aren't bad TV markets. I mean, Raleigh, you know, you get some good TV markets there in North Carolina. Virginia Tech brings in, you know, uh, Richmond, Washington, D.C., and stuff like that. But, you know, it's not like going out and getting USC and UCLA so that you can get the uh, the, the L.A. market. I mean, you're not getting massive TV markets, but you're getting schools that are a cultural fit in the Southeastern Conference. I keep hearing that's that's the model that the SEC is going to use next time they expand. NC State, not UNC. 
Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, I, I don't know if there's just a feeling that UNC is, is locked in on the Big Ten. I can't imagine that if both UNC and NC State wanted to come, that you would take NC State over UNC. I mean, that would be surprising to me. But I don't know if maybe they've gotten bad signals back from North Carolina or what. I don't know what it is. Um, but absolutely, in a heartbeat, if I'm Greg Sankey and my decision is NC State or North Carolina, and I know I'm getting a yes from one of them, either one of them, I'm going. Uh, I'm going North Carolina, and I think he probably would. I just I wonder if what I'm hearing is the SEC assuming North Carolina is Big Ten all the way. Having um, been to it. having been to Virginia Tech from a way an SEC game feels and sounds, it's 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 as good of a it's as good of a fit as there is in the in the uh, ACC. No, I agree with you. I think it's you know it's one of those markets where Blackbird, Blacksburg, is in Oxford, Mississippi, Auburn, Alabama, you know type type town where it's all about the university and it's you know still kind of got that charm of a small town, but on a game day turns into a big city. Um, and you know, I know that 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 stadium isn't what it once was. That program isn't what it once was, but. Imagine that stadium when the teams now coming in instead of Boston College and Syracuse and Duke or Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee. I mean, oh yeah, that will that'll that'll change that play for sure. And I would love it. I mean, I think I think it's just I, I loved back in the day when those night games mattered in Blacksburg. Man, they were fun to watch. Hey, we've kept you a long time. I really appreciate your time very much. Hope you have a uh, a wonderful weekend. Look forward to visiting with you soon. Hey, that's, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, have any financial details been released in the Bianco deal? Do you guys have any idea what that is? I was just curious. I thought that was such a such a fascinating storyline with that dude that's absolutely getting fired and then wins the national championship. You just never yep. see that happen. Uh, yeah, four-year deal because that's the most Mississippi allows, $1.625 million base. Uh, it's got some incentives in there, and then – we spent some time this morning. He has an interesting thing where every time he gets to another hundred wins for career wins, he gets either one twenty five or two fifty. So he basically, if he just hangs on and coaches like nine more years, he gets an extra like one and a half million on top of that. Wow, it's a good. So he was making what one point one, one point two. He was one two one before this. He was, I think, seventh in the country before this, and he is number. Uh, he's number two now, only behind Corbin. Good for him. I mean, yeah. it was fun to watch, man. I enjoyed watching them win that national championship. That was really, really cool. It's just a crazy story to see that happen. It is a bizarre story. It, it it was, I mean, literally, if you didn't watch it happen and you just read it, you'd go, oh, no, come on, stop. Yeah, yeah, get out of here. That's not happening. Um, wow, that was just wild. I mean, it was fun to watch. They were such a fun team to watch. I know they weren't all year, but whatever switch flipped after Hoover, man, that was a fun baseball team to watch. I. I thoroughly enjoyed watching them in Omaha. Yeah, they got hot at the. I mean, they got they got hot at the. They didn't get hot until the right time. I mean, yeah, that's what's so weird about it. Yeah. I mean, I started to go. They got hot at the right time, but they didn't. I mean, the time to get really hot was at the end, and they lost two out of three in the final weekend to A and M, and then they lost in the SEC tournament in the middle of the night to Vanderbilt, and they thought they were done, and they get the very last spot, and then they get hot. Yeah. I mean, they didn't get hot till they got in. I mean, yeah, they swept Missouri and they swept LSU, but they they lost three of their last four games going into the into the hands of the well, committee. And, 
Yeah, and it's it's somewhat analogous to what happened in this state when Alabama first national championship in football in quite a while in 2009, and then Auburn turns right around and wins it the next year. And this state was wild during that time. I can't imagine as big as baseball is in Mississippi how wild it is having state win it and then Ole Miss turn right around and win it. Um, that's 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 pretty wild. It was just and it was fun seeing all the fans there. It was just a fun thing to watch. And I know. I am months late in talking about this, but it's my first opportunity to be, to be on the show and discuss it. So I'm well, going to bring it up. We have a couple of advertisers, the College Corner, the Rogue, that have both sold. Um, they both sold so much championship gear and shirts, and I guess whatever term you want to use that they've the merchandise has been flowing. They've yeah, been yeah. Reor- they reorder, readvertise that they've got new stuff in, and then boom, it's gone. It's it's. It's been well, how long has it been? A month? Yeah, over a month. It was June twenty sixth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So my wife, um, her birthday was a couple weekends ago. We uh, one of her favorite musical groups, or actually her favorite musical group, was doing a show in Athens, Georgia. I saw that. Yeah. So we went. Uh, yeah. So we went to see them, and um, man, I'm just telling you, every store we went in, it is just full of that Georgia national championship gear, and. I'm walking through there thinking, yeah, I remember that. You know, when Alabama broke the seal and when Auburn won it, that's the way it was in the state of Alabama. You couldn't go in any store without it just being tons of national championship gear. It's old hat now for Alabama, right? They they win one and everybody's yeah, like, yeah, whatever. They can barely, barely even sell this stuff now. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get this national championship logo. It's just going to be outdated in a year. <laughs> Boy, that's spoiled, man. I mean, it really is. I feel so no sorry. Idea, for it's crazy. The next guy, whoever he is, I feel sorry for him. It just he's The next guy's going to have his hands so full to make a random prediction about who the next guy is? Sure. And you'll say, when this happens, you'll say, huh, I remember Ryan saying that. And there, boy, there are a lot of pieces you have to put together for this guy to be the guy. But he's got a, uh, he's got a background with Nick Saban. It's not going to blow me away. Not going to blow me away. If Dan Lanning is successful at Oregon, and oh. he's the guy that eventually gets the job. No, that doesn't blow me away either. I, and the reason is yeah. I, I've heard several people say that they had their eyes on Lanning over the last couple of years if their job had opened up. Yeah, and Saban really, really liked him. Saban was trying to convince him to leave Kirby and come back to Tuscaloosa. Uh, so Saban really, really likes him. But um, so if Saban – and Saban will have to say, I would imagine, have a lot of say-so in that. He has earned that right. But uh, if he's got any sort of say-so and Dan Lanning has any sort of success at Oregon, I think that's a guy Saban would definitely campaign for. Oh, yeah. So, if, I'm Greg, I don't know. if I'm Greg Byrne I, 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 and, and Saban comes into my office and says, hey, I just want you to know that I'm retiring and whatever, after I get through telling him how much he means to the school and how we're going to name stuff after him and we want to do all this stuff for he and Terry, my next question is, who should we hire? And whoever he says, I'm going to do a deep dive into that person. And unless I find out that he's like a child molester or something, he's getting the gig. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. Um, I think there are a lot of Alabama fans that hope Bill O'Brien is so successful this year he gets another head coaching job. Because I think they feared that if Saban were to step away at the end of this year or 
in the near future that he might push for Bill O'Brien. And Alabama Ooh. fans just Ooh. I think they're comfortable with that hire. Yeah. yeah it's just it's not, it's not the hire you want. Yeah, that's that's not that's not he no. Yeah, he, he likes Pete Golding. He likes Pete Golding a lot, Nick Saban does. Um and Pete, you know, I'm just going to say this. I know he got a DUI. Pete had some personal demons, and and what I'm told, he's gotten past those. I think he's, you know, he's he's addressed maybe a problem that led to that DUI. So that's good. And I like Pete Golding a lot. He just is not man. He gets so criticized. Alabama fans just kill Pete Golding. Um, and he's going to have a really good defense this year. So. I don't know, man. He just – I don't look at Pete Golding – kind of like we talked about Mark Stoops. I don't look at Pete Golding and see Alabama head coach. But I, I do know Saban really, really likes the guy. And if he's killing it when Saban decides to step aside, you never know if that might be the guy he goes to bat for. But my, my out-there candidate is Dan Lanning. Just just see if that ever happens. You'll remember you heard it here first. I will, for sure. That's the first time I've heard that, but it makes a ton of sense. Yep. All right, but man. You've got to be good at Oregon first. That's, that's the tough part. got to be good at Oregon first. Yeah, and I I think he will be, based on just kind of yeah. talking to people who seem to sort of have a, a pulse on it. I think I think he's going to do well there. All right, boys, I enjoyed it, man. Y'all have a good weekend. Same to you, Ryan. Thank you so much. Thanks, bud. All right. That was uh, that was Ryan Brown of uh, the next round. Thanks for his time. That was good. Dan Somebody Lane. else pulling up baseball. I, I didn't say a word over here. I know. I'm just hanging out. I know. I'm just Chase is like, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Do a thing. Uh, it is an incredible story. I mean, it it, it's it's you wouldn't believe it if you didn't see it. If you just read it, oh, it's you it's, wouldn't believe it because they, they, they at no point. Well, and look, the media did a bad job because I mean, I'm I've spent a lot of time with it. it, it there's a lot of stuff people don't know. I mean, like it's 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 people through hell. I mean, these these months were really really tough. But I guess what I'm saying is at no point during the regular season no. did they look like a national championship team. Even at the beginning, they didn't look like a national championship team when they were number one in the country. The players are admitting it, going, "Yeah, we knew that." Yeah, that's what problems. I'm saying. They they never looked that good. I don't care about the ranking. Next year when we do when y'all do rankings in February and March, I'm going to say stop. I don't want to hear it. Just quit. Nope. Nope. But you know, like they're gonna be like preseason nine or something. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't uh, care. Whatever. Just I'll wait. Wait. I'll say. Talk to me in late April. Let me see some. Let me see some games. We'll stop. They didn't look like a championship team, frankly, until they got to Hattiesburg. No, but you can boil it down though. While you're right, all the way around, and we're gonna take calls. I'm not sticking on baseball right now. But if you really boil it and go, what happened? The combination of figuring out that Dylan Delusia, Hunter, and Hunter, Hunter Elliott were your one-two, and Kevin Graham not just coming back from injury but being comfortable in a hundred percent, those three things were the three things that allowed it to be possible and to change the dynamic of their team that they had had at no point prior in the season. I mean, Dylan Delusia didn't pitch until whatever week. Hunter Elliott didn't throw a pitch against South Carolina at all. Like right. there were two or three roster change lineup moves that at least put them in position to be sort of the team you thought they might could have been, I guess, put it that way. Sure. Because those things didn't happen until the end of the season for the, for the most yeah. part. But yes, no, they were, they were a catastrophe for a good bit of the season. They were seven 14. Yeah. yeah. I do remember telling you there were some signs that 
they might be they they might have a pulse when they lost two out of three to Arkansas. No, they played better. It's what everybody's talked about. I mean, I've written a ton about it. Is they just didn't think there was time left. Because they kind of wasn't. They were just out of time. Yeah. Because I mean, you looked up and you know you went okay. Well, Missouri's there, but then go to Baton Rouge. I mean, Ole Miss literally had never swept LSU in Baton Rouge. You couldn't go. Oh, that's three. We're gonna go get three there. Oh sure. Yeah. And then Jacob Berry's out, and then suddenly this happens, and this happens, yeah. and it just starts rolling yeah. downhill. But then they lost two out of three to A&M, and they lost to Vanderbilt in the opener of the tournament. It wasn't like – that's my point is people are like, well, they got hot late. I'm like, no, they didn't. They had two good weekends, but they, they closed with kind of a dud. It was so close to the story being they got so unlucky against Vanderbilt because they held that freshman All-American didn't throw the week the weekend before. Yeah. And you went, oh, hell, now another thing. And Yeah, yeah I mean. Because they played okay that night. They just lost. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't bad. They just, yeah. Just didn't win. All right. Um, we're going to open phone lines. I need to put this. Uh, let's get There's Ryan. a new number. Yeah, I'm going to get Ryan off there. <sighs> Almost nervous about this, but there's the number. You don't um, know who's doing the hotty toddy for the opener? I mean, I would guess it's Bianco, but no, I, I'm the la- I'm the last person that you know. I would assume Bianco does whatever game they're being celebrated or announced, though, right? I mean, I, the I think you could pull it off twice. Think so. Two five nine eight five six three two five nine eight five. Grind makes a really good point. Auburn beating Oregon State was a huge thing yeah, in this too. Of course, it was. You're they not, ca- they caught every break possible. You're, you're, you're not facing Jerpy. You're facing Auburn. No offense, Grind. No, I mean, he's right. You, that's who you'd want to play. 